Welcome to the Shelfformers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, our connections to the figures, and their relevance to bigger topics. I'm your co-host, Darby, and today we're going to talk about selling books at Comic-Con. And I'm your co-host, Sugu. Join us tonight as last last episode, we talked about Osaka Comic-Con, and now we're going to talk about Des Moines Comic-Con, with Darby selling everything. begin by way of introduction i'm darby harn a freelance writer and editor and an independent author publishers weekly called my novel ever the hero an entertaining debut which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics and an alternate america you can find more information about me and my books at darbyharn.com i'm also on twitter at darbyharn and i'm sugu your co-host i work in it and education and i'm also passionate about writing and story you can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Tonight, we're going to talk about a surprising twist of events. Um, we're going to talk about Des Moines Comic Con. And for the record, we have not actually discussed Darby's experience with Comic Con prior to recording. So. What you're about to hear is the, exactly what I heard for the first time as well. So uh, let's let's kick it off. Darby, you've come back from Comic- Des Moines Comic Con 2023. Go. How was it? Uh, it was a really good experience. Um, interesting experience. I learned a lot. Um, I'd like to kind of... Um, talk about my experience um, of selling books as an independent author at a Comic-Con in, in ways that might be beneficial for listeners, aspiring writers who may have the same idea or the same ambition. One of the, my favorite things about the show is that I met so many young writers, uh, aspiring writers, and that was great. I really enjoyed that, and they're very kind. And um, it 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 was it was reminded me so much of being a like when we met in college, like that age, and you're sort of wanting to learn everything, but you're not sure what to ask. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, there were some ups and downs, um, I'll get into those, um, but yeah, before I dive too deep into it, I suppose I should do a little bit of housekeeping, um, let me make sure I have everything, um, um, I now, on my website, darbyharn.com, uh, this, I now have a store. Uh, the store is live, so if you are interested in a signed copy from me, or also some there's some merch, as the kids call it, uh, bookmarks and swag and things like that. It's all available now in the store. Uh, shipping is only in the continental United States at the moment. What? Um, it's very complicated uh, the shipping uh, internationally, but for the moment, 
just in the states um but what about me uh, but, yeah but uh check it out if you're interested in that um the best way to get uh for updates on me and my work and and future appearances is through my newsletter so if you subscribe uh, you'll get that. You'll also get a free subscriber-exclusive prequel novella to Stargun Messenger. This has been out for one month. This is my most downloaded story ever. Wow, okay. Um, after one month, it's surpassed every sort of reader magnet I've had, uh, every freebie I've given away in the last three years plus. All right, um, well done. Check it out um, if you're interested in that. Um and then um and then stargun is available uh it's doing very well i'm very happy and very gratified i'm, I'm very lovely uh notes and messages and dms and things that people have sent me about it i really appreciate it so thank you very much um it's it's uh doing been out a month now off to a great start uh and that included comic-con um the very strong reaction to Adari to Stargun Messenger beginning with the Friday when we were loading in and I was just setting up the table. The show's not open yet and one of the other vendors is walking by and he, he stops and he looks at the Stargun Messenger cover and he's like, that cover goes hard. <laughs> so Was it the original like, yes. or the variant? Uh, the original. Okay. And uh, I did have a variant copy uh, for sale exclusive to the show and I think I said on uh, an earlier pod that I was sort of expected to either sell them all or come home with them all was sort of my expectation I didn't really know what to expect and neither of those things happened I sold most of them uh, okay. I didn't I have a I have a few left over which I think is representative of the show okay. um, I it was it was kind of right down the middle the show for various reasons. I was very happy, I think, overall. There were moments uh, in the course of the weekend that were uh, not not so happy, <laughs> that were kind of like, uh, I don't know. But... All right. So we're going to drill down uh, into... We're going to drill down into the details of all of that. Um, mm. So, yeah, so... First off, from previous episode, we said that you had brought twenty-five copies of the variant, and you yeah. sold most of them. Do you, do you know or want to say how many you sold? I sold most of them. I have five or six left. Okay. Um, one is accounted right, for. So I believe you claimed quarter. one. <laughs> I believe you claimed one last week. Um, <laughs> I tried to claim one, but you don't ship so... to Japan. <laughs> I have I have I have five or six left, yeah. Okay. Alright. So you And they are, are they are with the exception of yours, uh they are available in the store. So if folks want one, I decided to make them available uh uh in the store. So you you can get it right now, um if you if you're interested in that. Um they uh, they're going to do Des Moines next year an indicator of how the show went uh they won't last till next year folks mm-hmm. um so if you want if yeah, you want sure. one uh if you want one uh please check it out but I interrupted you I'm sorry no no you're fine um 
so okay so you sold about i would say you sold three quarters roughly very rough math um uh okay yeah good job of the of, how the, about, of the cover yeah yeah how about the other books how did how did those do it was okay um it was the show started off with a bang i had some someone come over to the table matt came over to the table right away 10 quarter after 10 saturday morning uh he's drawn by the cover which was a, a feature of the weekend i had so many people stop come over uh because of the covers and comment on the covers which is all credit to alice um and he uh told you know noticed the variant talked about the variant and he was my first sale early saturday morning uh, and he was kind of excited to be to take number one uh, out of the 25 off my hands. Um, the other books were good. They weren't great. Um, it was in uh, part of that. I think there was a couple reasons. I think um, it got better over the weekend. But um, a couple things became apparent right away on uh in the comic-con one is that the attendance that was anticipated uh crowd attendance was not nowhere near uh what was uh expected and that's not my assessment although i had expectations given off what i was told that was the assessment of everybody the dealers and people like that around me so i was selling at a boot at a table surrounded by people and I talked to over the course of the weekend I talked to people just to kind of pick their heads and, and get the get a sense of what they were thinking about the show and there was some uh, disappointment uh, and I'll talk about that maybe and and um, so what were you saying last week I want to say that you that there were 10,000 uh, yeah. people that were supposed to be coming am I right in the number yeah yeah, the, okay. the, the ticket sales, I was informed, were running 150% of last year. Uh, the, the attendance this weekend was not, did not match last year. I can say that from personal experience because I, was, I attended last year as, a, as an attendee. Mm -hmm. um, did not match uh, last year. It was not, it was not in excess of last year. Uh, that immediately took the air out, I think, of a lot of people's sales, the vendors. Um, it, it contributed to my not having as, not doing as well maybe as I sort of had hoped as far as the books, but I, I'll get more into that. Um, it was also my first show and I was also learning and I was learning on the fly. Mm -hmm. um, and I was figuring things out. One thing I figured out right away is I have a great sales pitch for Ever the Hero in the Eververse. And it works like gangbusters. And that is one sentence pitch. Uh, what happened? This book is what happens when you don't pay your superhero bill. Work like gangbusters the entire weekend. Instant pow. Instant interest. Mm -hmm. I don't have one for Stargun Messenger. <laughs> I don't have one. And I struggle all weekend to get it into a sentence, to get it into something digestible and right away. And Stargun, I felt like the entire weekend I was trying to explain. And that didn't work, so I need to work on that. Uh, and that probably contributed a little bit to Stargun 
to the sales uh, tilted towards Eververse uh, this oh, okay. weekend, with the ex- with the exception of the variant cover, which um, did pretty well. Um, okay. And Stargun did well, but I think I had a much easier time. Uh, pitching people on Eververse. Um, so our listeners might not know this, but you brought with you Stargun Messenger, which was just released, Stargun Master Variant cover, uh, Ever mm-hmm. the Hero, uh, the, the Judgment of Valene, and then um, Nothing Ever Ends. But then you also had a, a pack of all three of them. I did. We could get and then yeah. I forget was is that all? Was there something else that you brought? I I also uh, brought a country of eternal light and yeah. um, um, I think it speaks to the success I had that I sold some country of eternal light. Um, mm-hmm. my biggest sale, uh, the biggest I, I think, the biggest representative in the sales was the Eververse bundle, and okay. I had five or six of those, and I thought I want to kind of make this appealing so at the last minute on saturday morning i got some i got some ribbon and i tied up the three of them in bundles and i had like six or seven bundles and i was selling them just as the set you could buy them individually or buy them as the set uh sunday but in sunday afternoon in the course of about two hours i sold them all oh the bundles the bundles all right well done um some of that was uh um people who had been around on Saturday and came by and looked at the table, didn't buy anything, but they came back. And some of okay. it was people who saw me on the panels and we can kind of talk about that to kind of break down some of that. But, um, a, a big lesson I learned is, is that especially at this show, there's a lot of people holding on their money until Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday close. And I got a okay. rush Sunday afternoon and made most of my money Sunday afternoon, uh, this week, this past weekend. Um, at the Do you show think that's and, an and Iowa the, thing, a Des Moines Comic Con thing, uh, this year, like in general, like where where would that have come from? Um, I wasn't sure. I talked to a couple people. I talked to Brian Berg, who runs Third Party Kill Games. I've known Brian for years. He had a booth at the show. I talked to some of the other authors I met at the show, and uh, there was a sense that people had come just to get their autographs and pictures taken with the the talent the mm-hmm. you know this the power rangers guys were there that this so that ate up about a hundred dollars plus depending on what you were doing yeah sure and then as people told me as one guy told me he's like i wish i had money at the table he came to the booth and he's like i wish i had money oh, and okay. i was like i know and I was, I was like i know and then so people were waiting to make a purchase i think until sunday so after they'd bought their They'd come what they came for, which was the autographs. And then that also is a lesson is that this particular show, Des Moines Comic Con, was so weighted towards the talent that um, uh, that's really what people were there for. They certainly weren't there to buy comic books. So I talked to one of the dealers. I know he was sort of across from me, Kitty Corner, and I see him at every show. So he knows who I was because I bought from him. He brought a row of Silver Age Spidey, early, early Spidey, 63, 64, it's immaculate shit. That, 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 those comics never last. They're gone. They vanish, right? Because they're, really? you know, 
Silver Age Spidey, people buy it. He didn't sell any all weekend. But they'd probably also any be all. really expensive, right? They they were unjustifiably, but they were expensive. But right. at at past shows, in my experience, those it's like piranhas, like Silver Age Spidey, like right, you know, oh, okay. it's a bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. Okay. Um, he didn't se- he didn't sell any, and so Sunday afternoon I had a little bit of time. Not Sunday afternoon; it was Sunday immediately following the panel. Um, I had a little bit of time, so I talked to a couple people. I talked to Brian. I talked to some other people. I talked to your man over at the comic booth, and I was just trying to get a sense of where people were. Because Sunday morning, I came in, and there was this, uh, about 40% of the dealers, the vendors in my immediate neighborhood didn't show up at open. They they came in about quarter after. Yeah, and that was a reflection of their disappointment, I think. You said that before we started recording, and I just had to ask the simple question. Isn't that unprofessional? I mean, I think if you, you know, early bird catches the worm. I mean, you've paid for the table. Um, you've, you, whatever costs are into it, I suppose you can do what you want, what you want with it. I want to talk about that too, especially as it relates to people selling books at a show. Um, what you do with your table and your time, huge investment of money and time. Um, but I think it, it was just a seems reflection. so weird to pay the money for the table and then to also show your contempt for the organization by showing up what what well, forty five minutes late? I I wanna I think I just to be in complete fairness and transparency, I had a good time at the show. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think everybody did. Uh there was some disgruntled I think fair to say uh, amongst the crew, uh, the vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, that started right away on Friday, and that started with Loden. Loden was one o'clock between one and six on Friday. I was very lucky because um, my brother and I, Aaron, who was helping me, and I want to thank Aaron very much for all his help this past weekend, not just the weekend, but the several months here leading up to getting the show going. Um, and he watched the booth for me and sold books while I was at these panels, which were each an hour long. Um, so I, I owe Aaron a, a, a lot of thanks and praise for helping me make this happen. Um, um, we Aaron and I got in right at one, which was a bit of a minor miracle because we expected to be in line. But my sort of footprint was not as big as these other people. There were people unloading trucks and vans, mm. things like that. We were able to get it all in the car just. And um, so we got in. But I got in right at 1, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm excited. I'm going to set it up and, you know, something new. And there's no table. And about 35 40% of the hall doesn't have any table set up. Okay. Nobody know. Nobody knows where they are or when they're coming. Uh, nobody knows who they should talk to. Oh. Um, some unhappiness with that. I wasn't too bothered. I would have been very bothered if it had been four or five o'clock and I was still waiting for a table. Yeah. But sure. it was it it was my first show and I expected there to be problems, 
and we were able to do things as far as setup that you know that didn't involve the table but then we did them and then you, then you need a table right right uh but uh but my brother Aaron uh uh not as uh not as uh chill as I was uh manifested us a table and we got a table and uh we set up but there was some dissatisfaction amongst folks uh beginning Friday carried over saturday morning with the realization that there were only two um perhaps three uh staff working the door to allow people in so the line yeah the line to get in as i found out later uh stretched around the building a couple times yeah not because there was so many people there were people waiting to get in but it was it was a inability to get people in the door um there was some dissatisfaction with that i think that contributed perhaps to some of the other vendors uh not being in place on sunday morning because uh, there was no reason to be in there at mine because people weren't getting in and then the sales the attendants were not there and and that's their that you know that's direct uh from people i spoke to uh one of the one person i spoke to vendor i spoke to said it was the worst show they'd ever been to um, really? in terms of sales, I was on either side of me. I had, uh, vendors, including, I want to give a shout out really quick, Sugu to Jen sample. Who's a great artist who was my booth mate to my right. And she drew me, uh, some sketches of uh, a couple of characters of mine. One is Adari, and this is just really fun. And mm-hmm. she unprompted, she just sort of asked me, she's like, um, you know, sort of, she went off the cover and then she sort of asked me a little bit about Adari. And the best thing about this is she drew Adari with her little jug of uh, babble, <laughs> <laughs> uh, her, her little bottle, which is hilarious. Um, and then she also drew Kit uh, from Ever the Hero. And I love these, I adore these. Um, Jen, I don't think I'm talking out of school. Uh, she does a lot of conventions um sketches prints uh things like that um wasn't happy sunday mm-hmm. um I, uh yeah um mm-hmm. the folks on the other side of me weren't either although they were pretty they were excited because and i forget their names but they um they had gone over to one of the people that were signing autographs one of the voice actors and the guy next to me was also an artist he had some sketches and he had showed he had the sketches with him he was sort of carrying them around i guess he showed them to this actor and was so impressed by it that he ended up giving it to the actor and it was very you know very nice very cool mm-hmm. um uh but yeah in the, my immediate neighborhood i had various things i had guys right across from me who were selling swords sort of prop swords sort of weapons things like that they did great Oh yeah. Um, oh my God, they did. They were never not busy. Okay. Um, a huge feature of this show was cosplay. Uh, it was really all about the cosplay and and so the things um, that came with that, so weapons and sort of adornments and things like that. A, a lesson I took from that. There was a idea on the table going into the show that I, I didn't ultimately didn't pursue because I just wanted to focus on the books. 
um, that had to do with cosplay. And I realized in the course of the weekend that that is absolutely something we're going to do next year mm-hmm. um, is to involve some measure of cosplay as, as far as uh, Astra Adari goes, because um, that uh, clearly was the most that was the what most people were there for. Mm-hmm. And uh, if not the autographs and stuff, like I said, um, there was a guy, a huge guy with, he built these walls that were like halfway to the ceiling of like Funko Pops. He didn't really move, nothing moved off that wall. Hmm. Um, comic book guy. And I just talked to people and people were generally disappointed i was also on the opposite side of the hall so on the far side of the hall was the autographs and the actors and actresses and things like that um the people the vendors on that side of the hall generally it seems had more activity um and i think that's because there was just more concentration of uh things uh magnets drawing people on that side of the hall um that wasn't the case on my side, so it was a bit of a struggle, although um, I think I did okay, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the general sort of gist was, uh, from vendors, was dissatisfaction with the attendance, with the sales, and then on Sunday they gave us a sheet Um and I'll just be honest because I think it's very important. I really enjoyed the show and I enjoyed the people, uh, the crew and staff and everybody who helped me at the show. But I think there are things that, as I've learned myself in planning things and organizing things, um, um, you, your, your successes leave an impression and so do your mistakes. So they left us a sign-up sheet for next year offering a discount on a table next year if we signed up on Sunday. Um, at the top of it, it said, please uh, pay, sign up and pay by May, June 3rd, was what it said on the top of the sheet. By May, June 3rd? Yeah, it was June 4th. Um, that that stuff left an impression. And so Sunday morning when they handed that out, I was, I was kind of pessimistic. I was kind of, you know, the weekend had not been sales wise had not been great and Sunday morning before I left for the panel I didn't sell anything and I sort of was pretty bummed uh, although I had met a lot of great people and a lot of a lot of people came to the table I was pretty bummed and then Sunday afternoon was like I think I said um, really turned around turned around mm-hmm. so much that I was able to uh, I made I, I made money on the table I made enough money on the table that I was able to sign up for next year so, um, okay. and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I want to go back. I want to apply the lessons I've learned and, um, and I want to, uh, kind of continue this sort of experience I had, which for me in the end became pretty positive, uh, for a lot Girl, of reasons, not good. just sales, uh, not just sales, but, um, the sales were okay. Um, but I had so much, uh, fun. Um, I got invited to do these author panels, um, by, uh, by Jerry Shepard. And I want to give a shout out to Jerry who organized these on two days, Saturday and Sunday, 
just a writer's track. And Saturday was kind of like writing a book. And Sunday was, uh, how do you get that book to print? Okay. And I did, I did one each day. And so I met Jerry for the first time. It was just absolutely lovely. And I just, I, I want to thank her for involving me. Uh, I was on a panel with Ben Wolf, who, uh, great author, uh, great guy, uh, Jan Walters, local author. She writes sort of paranormal romance and very, very, very nice, very lovely. And um, an author named Bruce, whose last name I apologize, I can't remember. And I, I, I can't remember it because um, Bruce didn't have like a business card or anything that identified him at his booth mm-hmm. at all. And I want to talk about that because Bruce is a very nice guy and I really enjoy talking to him. Um, but I, I, I've forgotten his last name, so I apologize. But there was, there's a reason I, I don't have it handy. Um, is there anything you, that you remember from his, from his booth that might trigger, like, I don't know, the books he's selling or anything like that? His last name starts with a T, but... The reason I want to mention this is not to be pejorative because he's a very nice guy and I really he's a local author as well and I really enjoy talking to him. Um, but one of the biggest lessons for folks who are interested in this, if you want to write books and maybe you want to sell them, is if you're going to do it at these shows, you, you have to have a presence. You have to have branding and you absolutely positively have to have a business card. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many I handed out. Um, I just didn't have business cards. I had bookmarks and they all had the QR codes and I had magnets and, and I had my name everywhere. Uh, I had a tablecloth. I have uh, big giant banners, 80 inch banners that were behind the table. Um, and I was all over social media all weekend, uh, boosting it. And, um, so nobody had any, and I knew what my booth number was. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to, and you also have to be, although, you know, my legs were killing me at the end of every day. Uh, I ended up standing all day mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I was like, hi, how you doing? People would come to the table and I was trying to be as approachable as I could. Um, when I met Bruce, I didn't realize immediately he was an author. I was walking down the row and I was headed back to my table. And then I just noticed that he had just one row of books that were sort of on the front. The table was otherwise empty and unadorned. And he was sitting at his table, leaning on his books, stack of books with his elbow. And, um, Ooh, ouch. Um, I think it's, you know, you have to, um, one thing I'll say, the, the thing I knew going into the show and definitely confirmed by doing it is um, you have to, it, it's, you, you're, especially, especially if you're an unknown quantity, if you're an author, nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows what the books are. There's it's 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 words it's the it's prose it's things like that but it, there's a visual marketing aspect to it that begins with the cover that begins with the cover it's mm-hmm. your primary sales pitch and my covers work very well and i saw that 
over the course of the weekend, they drew tons of people. I had so many kids come to the table, kids, and who were drawn in by the covers. And then, you know, I don't write anything for kids. I don't have any children's books. So the one thing I realized coming out of the show is that um, uh, that's potentially a gap. Uh, you know, I was talking to Ben Wolf, who uh, has basically something for any genre, anything that you want, he that you can imagine as a reader, he he has it. It's not really my interest to sort of like fill every slot and sort of, uh, you know, cast the net that broadly. I'm just sort of one of the things we talked about on the panels, which were very fun. I really, really enjoyed them. Um, was, you know, knowing your market, which is incredibly important. And I think also along with that is knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very important to know yourself. And so, but one thing I learned in the show is I didn't have necessarily things people were asking for. The children's book was interesting because I, I had years ago, I had an idea for what I think is a children's book, but I did nothing with it because it's just an idea. I did nothing with it because I'm not a children's book author, but the show sort of rekindled that. And I thought, well, is there a possible, it could, you know, maybe is there something to that idea? Is it something I want to pursue? Question mark. Um, you know, something for me to think about. I had tons of people ask for horror mystery and I was like, well, I don't really have any of that. And then I realized, but you know, by Sunday I do have those things, but there weren't things I had with me. So mm. in the novellas, the Eververse novellas in particular, right, uh, right. Bloodback uh, is a basically a detective story. It's a it's a mystery. It's a murder mystery. Uh, Troubled Graves, um, uh, one of the other novellas, is a horror, straight up horror. It's about um, it's about this gang, zombie gang, in Breakpoint called the Straw Men. And mm -hmm. I was like, I have these things. I just I just didn't have them with me. So a lot of people ask me for a romance, really strong romance thread in all of my work. Uh, so that was an easy enough sort of pivot. But, you know, things like that. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't have to necessarily like go, oh, I need to write a horror book, which doesn't interest me at all. But it's like, oh, I do actually have, I have a little bit of that yeah. horror flavor. And then the next show, I that's something I can, I can offer when they ask. Yeah. So. And um, your novellas, though, are digital only, right? They're collected in print, and I didn't bring that book with me. I didn't ah, bring the okay. collection with me. And then I also realized in talking to Ben that it might actually serve me to split those out and offer print editions you can only get at the cons. Yeah, um, good idea. There's a, couple, there's a couple reasons for that. One is the convention exclusives work very well. The second is the novellas are pretty cheap. And they also to print, and so they would um, therefore be a lower price point for readers who are looking maybe don't want to commit, right? They're like mm -hmm. they just sort of want to sample. It yeah, might sure. offer you know be a good sort of gateway to that. So that's uh, the big lesson I learned is my next show. You know I think absolutely I can have those, and not only do they sort of fill a gap maybe in sort of genre that people might be interested in, they also offer a little smaller sample size for people who maybe are like. We're holding on to that twenty dollars, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. So. And for decorations, you gotta have the uh, your the the one that was just made, Jen sample, Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta put that as booth decoration now. I had them up 
all weekend. So I put them on, I had the stacks of books and then I put it on top of the stack. I put a book on a book stand. And mm -hmm. so you had this very vertical thing. And then I put these on little stands so people could see them. So people would ask me what these were. And I'm like, well, Jen made them next door. Go visit her. Um, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, those are things I, I learned, um, you know, and I really enjoyed. I came away from the show really wanting to talk about the panels were so much fun. And um, the first panel I did on Saturday morning was basically how you create great characters. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed sort of talking with other authors and getting questions from the audience. I was terrified Saturday morning because the attendance was so low. I just figured nobody was going to be there. Mm -hmm. at the panels there ended up being about 20 25 people at each one it was very nice a lot of great people a couple of familiar faces at each panel and then um and then they would come to the booth on sunday afternoon in particular a lot of people came to from the panel came to the booth uh that had seen me and were interested in the books and so i just want to give a quick shout out to some great people i met and were very kind and sort of young writers and readers and there was Ray, there was Elijah who um came on Saturday and he's he's like, Oh, I love superheroes and my brother and I are uh wanna write a superhero thing and I'm gonna bring my brother back tomorrow and, and we'll come back to the booth. I'm like, cool. Came back Sunday, bought the whole thing. Okay. Uh Ray Ray, Megan, Josh Josh who got himself a press badge and was going around photographing everything. I want to thank Josh for getting photos of the panel. Uh, great young photographer there, very nice. Megan, who, uh, like I, I did way back when, wrote for the Daily Iowan, uh, University of Iowa newspaper, interested in being um, a novelist. Uh, Kaylee and, oh, I, for, I forget her name. Um, very nice very kind they bought everything um they they came to the booth and they asked me do you have anything gay <laughs> it just so <laughs> happens i do yeah. uh super super gay um so the eververse bundles did great they sold they pow they vanished uh sunday afternoon mm-hmm Ever the Hero on her own did pretty well. The Stargun variant uh, really moved uh, a Sunday afternoon. It, it, Stargun variant was pretty, I'd say, steady Saturday, Sunday, but okay. really, pick, really picked up steam Sunday afternoon. Um, Chris, uh, another person who came, very kind. And I wanted, I want to thank everybody for being so kind in their comments and uh, sharing their, their stories with me and their interests and having, you know, it was very, it was very good to talk to them. And it's important to me. The reason, one of the reasons I'm talking about this on the pod here is, as I've said before, I, 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 I want to share as much of my experience as I can. And I want to, um, for people who are in, people who are interested and want to do any of this writing, publishing, selling your books at a convention, uh, all of it. I, I want to be as helpful as I can because, you know, I, I, I'm the beneficiary of a lot of uh, people support and teachers and friends and peers and 
things like that. And when you don't have it, it's very, you just don't know what to ask. You don't know what to do and you feel very lonely. So um, I really enjoyed that part of it. I really enjoyed talking on the panels. I know I opened uh, I opened some uh, eyes as to some, you know, things people weren't familiar with. I talked a little bit on the one panel about um, the production process, the publishing process. I talked about vellum. I talked about um, you know, things that they just weren't aware of. And, um, and other people had different, you know, Jan, Jan has a firm basically do her, all of her stuff. She's like, I don't do any of that. I, she's like, I finished the book. I give it to them. They, they give it back to me. It's one way. So she talked about that. Um, Bruce, uh, uses Fiverr for people familiar with that to hire free freelance people cover, interior things like that and then i i do everything myself so on on the panel i was i think the only one who did everything myself well i don't do the covers myself obviously but um uh, with the exception of al and the covers i'm doing the entire thing myself so um which we have several episodes about kind of detailing your process we do and and um i like i said i came away really wanting just to talk about it more I really want to get more granular. I want to dig down into each element of the process. One thing, there's so much to talk about. And in the hour that we had, um, you just barely scratching the surface on some things. And people had questions about this aspect or that aspect that they later, they would come over to the booth with after the panel and we kind of talk that a, a little bit more. But, um, the panels were immensely enjoyable. It made me really excited to talk about craft, to talk about the process, publishing, um, to share even more. And, um, it, you know, I felt very uh, energized by it in a way that I don't know that I've really felt in a long time. I felt very isolated, frankly, uh, from some aspects of the process, the independent publishing and writing, it's a lonely sort of journey, but that you can get, um, um, it can be lonely, it can be isolating. Um, and so it was good to uh, sort of connect with other people and, and um, Jerry is very kind and, you know, I hope to work with them again, do panels and things like that. Um, do, you know, she offers courses uh sort of writers track sort of courses she was offering a deal at the show very good deal you could get to get them all i think um kind of like on skillshare or something like that i think it was yeah something like that but it was just i learned so much from her i learned so much from ben and i just i saw i i I just I, i looked at everything and and i was trying to pay attention to what people were doing. And I saw a lot of stuff that, um, I, I, you know, I need to work on. I need to work on my Stargun pitch. I need to have a little bit more different flavors there, uh, in future shows in terms of the books. Um, and I also felt really good about what I was doing, um, in terms of, uh, uh, the covers work, the covers are magnets. Um, the books are interesting. I sold copies of a country of eternal light. Um, did not expect to do, do any of that. I thought that was probably, you know, <laughs> uh, that was probably not going to happen, but I did. And, you know, 
people seemed interested in that, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. It was good. No, I, was, I, 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 I think I had the right strategy, but I, I definitely, you know, I learned, I learned a lot and, you know, make some adjustments and things. Yeah. Okay. So what else did you, uh, what else, like specifically, did you notice that people did that you don't want to do or that people did that you wanted to emulate for next year? Definitely a, a little bit broader selection, but I definitely realized talking to Ben, Ben is the exact opposite of, of me. He's an extrovert, uh, admitted extrovert. He's a mm -hmm. salesman. He's a really good public speaker. And he has, he brought with him 27 different books, titles. Wow. And, and they sort of fit every genre that you can imagine. I realized, even as I realized that I probably need a little bit more variety, given what people were asking me for, I realized I have no interest in having and trying to chase every dragon at all. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very comfortable in doing what I'm doing. Um, he also, he's a great, this is his living, is going to these cons, mm -hmm. and I've, I've known Ben for a little bit. I want to give a shout out actually. Um, I'm talking about Ben. Um, he has a he has a book called Power Author, um, a quick guide to mastering live events, which I think is a fantastic book for people who are interested in selling books at not just conventions but any kind of trade show, things like that. Um, it's very concise. It's funny. It's step by step. It's granular. Um, just about everything that you can imagine, every question you'd have, he sort of addresses. Um, I want, so I want to recommend that book for people who are interested in that. Um, and, but I, I, I was like, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to go, I, I'm not, I'm not going to write Westerns. I'm not going to, um, you know all of that stuff but like he was telling me you know his his live presence is everything he does very well he has certain advantages built in being a, a natural sort of salesman um he has no online he's like his online sales are trash and he doesn't okay. put any effort into it um because he does so well at the shows i'm the exact opposite in every way i've been entirely online until last weekend and my online sales are pretty good and I have a little bit of an online presence. And um, so it's just a different sort of approach. And um, so it's also the big thing I learned is, is um, you know, um, staying true to yourself. You have to be yourself. And um, Ben is definitely himself. He's this extrovert and he's things like that. So I think selling books in person very natural to him very easy for him in a way that it's not for me but i could definitely learn things and i have from him um, on how to do that one is is um getting those elevator pitches uh as concise as possible have have a great one forever the hero gotta work on star gun um um 
probably leaning heavier on the idea of convention exclusives uh, going forward. It's, it's definitely offering your books, but offering something that people can only get at the show. Sure. And then, like I was saying, like with the idea of like a print copy of just Bloodback, of just Troubled Graves, that's something yep. that would necessarily be limited to just a show, but you could only get at the shows that I think would be appealing. Okay. Um, and maybe I'll do things like that. One thing I probably won't do next year at Des Moines Con or future shows is just a, sh- a, a book that's limited only to that show. So, okay. but one thing I may do is uh, a convention exclusive that you can only get at the shows. And that's probably will be my approach. So next year will be uh, Eververse book four, the interdictor. And that'll probably be my approach with him. I'll probably, because he's the fourth book in the series, diminishing returns sales wise so far as those but the bundle really works so i think my mm-hmm. approach next year makes sense is one the bundle which he would then also be part of but really not so much let me bring copies of book four to the show to try to sell them on their own even though he's the new book but you can right, only right. get this at the show like if you want a copy of book four you can go online and go amazon barnes noble your independent bookstore you can get it but if you want it today, what's sexy about it today at a show you've met me for the first time is the fact that you can only get that book there. And then I think combined with the bundle is appealing. Um, so that's something I'm thinking about. You know, that'd probably be the approach Wait, instead of the... back up a second. You can only get the book at the Comic-Con? What do you mean by that? So it would just be a version. like So like the Stargun so variant. The variant cover. Yeah, that you could only get at the show. But instead of the Stargun variant, which is limited only to Des Moines, um, just have a convention just a exclusive. Convention exclusive variant. Cover. Yeah. That okay. is prob- probably, in Book Four's case, is probably going to be more appealing than just the standard version at the show. Um, okay. I'm thinking. So, but. Because yeah, I was going to ask, based on the fact that you sold three quarters of the variant and you didn't tell me how many you sold of the original cover of Stargun, but comparatively those two that gives you more incentive than to pursue the variant comics or the variant covers at the conventions and kind of nix the standard covers. Stargun and ever the hero, those standard versions, those covers do very well. They're very, the co- their covers are very appealing they're my primary mm-hmm. draw visually. Mm-hmm. Um, no worries there. I think having variants of them, maybe even Ever the Hero, might be appealing. I don't want to get too crazy with that either, because mm-hmm. I think I think you want to focus on something. the The novellas are one thing, like so, just a Bloodback and Trouble Graves, because they're cheaper. You know, they're they're more consumable <laughs> to use a horrible word. If I'm going to do it on a bigger book, a book that's going to cost you $20, $25, like Stargun or next year Black Market Heart, um, that has to be, I have to be more judicious with that instead of just being like, okay. oh, here's my entire row of variant covers. So, you know, yeah, so, right, right. so I think next, next year, when we get to next, this time next year, we'll be talking about Black Market Heart. The focus will be on that. Um mm-hmm in terms of in terms of that but i think having a having something 
just on offer, I think all the time for all of these appearances, I think makes sense. And the variant cover was something that um, was instantly appealing. And then it was also to some of the other authors I met was a huge, they're like, oh, wow, you did what? Like, you know, had not occurred to them kind of a thing. Um, so there's different ways you can approach it and things like that. And so, so, so yeah, that, that we'll see as we go forward. But um, as far as that, but definitely something for book four next year trying to figure out a way um and just getting better um one thing that happened on saturday afternoon is i started glitching which is uh uh autistic speak for uh just just stop happening so i know that happens to me now um and so i just i just had to stop i had to take i had to step back and take a break i had to take five ten minutes and other because I was starting to um, starting to not make sense, so I cannot sustain these uh, six eight hours. Um, I know that about myself. Um, so I have to the doing the panels was a great break, but I also just ha I just have to I have to step away. So absolutely have a a, a booth partner, <laughs> a table mate mm -hmm. who can look out sure. for you. Uh, so thanks again to my brother for, for being there for me. Um, um, I, I forget Sugu, what you asked me, if there was something in particular, I'm sorry. Uh, there's nothing in particular. It's just more of like, what specifically would you do differently? Um, yeah, like I, I think uh, having a booth partner is very important and you basically treat it like a job, right? Do you oh, want to do that's, eight that's hours a, a day of, of that, even though it's two hour or two days? No, you would put in enlist part time support. That's a great point because uh, one thing a conversation I actually had at the show was, um, the idea not just of selling, but the fact that this is work and this is a job. And mm -hmm. I was talking to someone who sort of was feeling a little bit not creative and trying to figure out like how do they get inspired and and the biggest thing that i've learned in my life is that um inspiration um is really not the most important thing in this because when you're young this is your passion this is your life nothing else matters right mm -hmm. this is the most it's romantic it's sexy it's the most important thing you destroy personal relationships in the sake of your craft um, you know, girlfriends leave you because you're more in love with um, your books and your characters. Um, there comes a point where you realize for any of this to happen, you have to approach it like work because it's work. Mm -hmm. So people right. listen to us on the pod and I, w what do I call it? I call it the work. Now, when I'm referring to that, I'm, that means like, that means a couple different things. <laughs> it's the work. Yeah the novel but it all but it's the, the job you have to sit down whether you're inspired or not or whether you want to or not and you have to type out your words every day or else none of this happens and so yeah. i've been very tired the last few weeks but yesterday morning friday morning i finished the first draft of stargun messenger 2 okay yay all right so 
I wasn't feeling it all week. I wasn't feeling it, but I just had to do it. And I'm also not bothered because I'm going to work on it for, you know, going into the future. And then it's going to get good and yeah. I'm going to shape it. I'm going to mold it and it's going to be fine. You have to have something to work on. Same thing with these shows and all the parts of the publishing process we've talked about. You have to approach it like a job as seriously, as professionally, and you know, you have to be attentive, you have to be committed, you have to all of those things. You have to do it. Otherwise it just yeah. doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like the uh the lesson that I'm learning right now, in addition to treating it like a a, a job, is to remind myself that any art is iterative. Just period. Uh, yeah. It's never going to go straight from brain through my hands into perfection. Like uh, that's just not going to work. I'm not that good. So everything in terms of create creating is iterative. You get something out, then you refine it. And that's part of the job. It is the job. It's working on it. It's it's crafting it. It's making it. And mm -hmm. then, if it's if you're so inclined, it may be that your interest is only creating a book and just achieving that creative self fulfillment and gratification. Um, if you want to try to to get it published either traditionally or do it yourself independently. That is so much more work. Both of them involve work. Being an independent author involves an amazing <laughs> amount of work. Um, if you're going to extend to things like doing shows, it's even more work. It's logistical work. It's mm -hmm. um, it's learning how to be a salesman and market things that are not natural to me that I don't really want to do. It's learning, finding where, um, where I'm most comfortable and successful so and it's also trial and error it was r&d and i learned a lot this yeah. last weekend i learned a lot about how i'm going to approach future shows this was also in a way uh, a r&d slash trial run for running a kickstarter because all the things mm -hmm. that i'm going to do in a kickstarter a variant cover swag i did at the show and those so i learned cosplay I learned, materials yep I learned all of these things at the show. And so not only, Sugu, am I keeping track of how do I sell these books? Am I selling the books? Am I, I'm on the panel. I'm talking. I'm meeting new people. I'm also, in my head, I'm also running how is this working for the Kickstarter? What, you know, what mm. lessons am I taking? So you are keeping track of all of this stuff. You're hopefully learning all this stuff. You're seeing what other people are doing. You're like, that really works or that doesn't work for me. Or you're seeing other people and you're like, that doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work. And it's knowing that uh, sort of, I guess, sort of the big picture, I came away from the show realizing that I can do this, um, that it was successful. I realized I, I went from Sunday morning being like, oh, my God, like, I don't know, to at the end of Sunday, I had signed up for next year, 2024. And I and I sort of had this feeling of that if the show the if the attendance had been better if i had been better because it was my first show i really would have had a good show and so that gave me some okay. confidence because then i realized like if i do a bigger show minneapolis chicago 
things like that where instead of 5,000 attendees, maybe 50,000, 75,000 people in Chicago, I thought, no, I can do this. I can do mm -hmm. this and I can have a really good show. And that just, hope I you know, meet meet new readers, hopefully, and, and new people and, and young authors and aspiring writers and things like that. I, 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 I can do this. And so that, that was... That was very gratifying. It was very fulfilling for me because I was uh, I was terrified the entire time, and especially Sunday morning, and um, and uh, uh, the Kickstarter sort of concept was like I, I I can do that as well, and I can keep on this track I'm on, and um, um, I feel much more confident about the direction I'm headed in and, and not as, ang you know, there's some things that give me a lot of anxiety right now about it, but I feel good about sort of the general direction I'm going. Um, okay. so I'm very, I'm very happy. I did it. I'm very grateful to have met the folks. I met Jerry, Ben, Jan, Bruce, um, and all the young, young people who came, uh, came to the table were so supportive and so kind um, even the little kids who came over, I had a little bowl out with like little Snickers in it and they would come. And this one girl, she came and took a Snickers. She's like, this is the best thing ever. And then she just walks away. <laughs> so I would, I want to, I want to thank her as well. <laughs> so all that was fun. So you had, you had a bowl of candy out. Yeah. Was it branded at all? No, it was just, uh, I was told by a couple people that I just have a bowl of candy. It's a reason for people to stop. What I found, the bowl of candy doesn't really get anybody to... Um, Except the your really of, young elementary kids. Yeah, and that's that's where the... Uh, so the kids came in, and then they would get the candy, and they'd look at the books, and they're like, oh, my God. And the one girl was like, oh, my God, the, with Adari. She's like, oh, my God. Like, this is cool. And then I'm like, this is, you know, then the parents come over and everything. And it's like, I don't really have anything for kids, you know. And then I started thinking just in the back of my head, I'm like, uh, maybe it's something I can think about, you know, um, pursuing that kind of. And Al has sort of encouraged me at various times and sort of, you know, sort of graphic novels and middle grade and stuff. But yeah, I, I was going to say, like, an easy entry point. You've already made a bookmark of a kit in the style of a comic book expand on yeah. that and there you go yeah then one of the one of the next steps is a comic book and 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 I, I i'm getting closer to that too i have written it i i have a comic book written it's a matter of getting an artist and um one thing i didn't do at the show because i was so busy was i didn't really get a chance to meet a ton of uh other people artists because i i literally had i think maybe 10 minutes between the whole mm -hmm. weekend to kind of get out and, and talk to people so I didn't get a really chance to, to kind of get out and, and um, interact with other artists and yeah. people. But um, I did get very at the very, very end Sunday uh, close, I was able to finally meet uh, the guys from Sensil Studios in Des Moines, comic book guys, um, who are really nice, really talented. Check them out. Um, but that's the comic book's definitely on the table. Uh, a children's book, maybe. I had something I would think about, maybe. Um, and then, and then, yeah, just sort of applying these lessons, um, you know, going forward and, and, and trying and, and figuring out like ways that sort of, um, um, 
I think I I think what I sort of came being just being more of myself, being more comfortable with it, and I think I think I you know having done it now, I I think I can be more comfortable in future shows, and I think I can be more a little bit more relaxed, you know, and sort of mm-hmm. um, less nervous about. Um, all of it but and yeah, it sure. ended up being very very positive good good that's great so it looks like uh for the audience the big takeaway is start looking at every midwest comic-con for you i don't know about every um <laughs> uh, some of these um some of these uh I, i'll tell you I'll give you an idea you know the show was good the show wasn't great i had an i signed up for des moines 24 i had an opportunity to sign up for minneapolis this coming november and i couldn't do that uh because i did okay. not that's much more expensive and i didn't make that kind of cash if i had i think i would have but that's a bigger logistical hurdle and it's also a bigger sure. buy-in and I wasn't able to do it and um I'd like I'd like to do it I may still do it I don't know but um that just wasn't a possibility on Sunday afternoon and so one one thing another lesson from all this for folks out there maybe listening sort of you know wanting to do something like this is don't over invest um you know, don't, um, this is very expensive. It's a very expensive thing to do it right. It's thousands of dollars. It's, it's months of work. Um, the great thing about being an independent author in the era that we're in is that the costs are manageable because, um, you know, eBooks and digital and things like that. So, you know, you're not back in the day, we've talked about somewhere on the pod where, you know, if you were self-publishing, you were, you were printing thousands of books that you were then selling out of the back of your car. Um, you don't have to do that anymore. You do have to print some books and sell them if you're going to do it at these shows. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's knowing it's knowing your number. I definitely had more books than I could sell at this show. Um, but those are books um, I also knew going into it that I wasn't going to sell them all by any stretch of imagination. And that I was also investing in other shows I'm doing this year. Um, and yeah, uh, and also this just, kind of brings up like a yeah. big point that I was th- kind of thinking about as you're describing it is these conventions are uh, partly networking where you get to where the theory is you could go around and meet all these other local artists or these people at the booths but then realistically what you're doing is you're setting up a pop-up shop yeah. You are yeah. a storefront. And a storefront that only has digital content is difficult for people to buy. Uh even you, at my Comic Con yeah. I met a couple of people that only had digital content. Their booths just didn't have a lot to go for. It's it, it probably contributes to what Ben was saying about his online sales. It's just not I he's just not interested in it, right? Yeah. Um um but you're absolutely right. And then it's the pop-up shop is the biggest thing because, and that leads into things like variant covers and what, you know, because what happens in Barnes Noble, and I've seen this, people go into Barnes Noble and they're like, do you have this book? And they're like, yeah, well, I'll just buy it on Amazon. <laughs> right, right. Because One, because it's cheaper and because, you know, it, it, there's this sort of facility or whatever. And then you sort of leave the, the seller crestfallen. 
Um, you can buy my books on Amazon. You can buy them Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. What are you buying at the show? What are you, why do you have to buy it right now? And that leads into like making it not, not exclusive, but you know, but, but what, you know, integral to that experience. And so those are things you want to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, that includes being personable and interacting. One thing I love to do was to meet these folks, to meet, to network and, and once, and, you know, just to, to meet so many kind and nice people, meet other authors who, you know, I, I can learn from, um, but giving them an experience they can only have at the show. And so, you know, I sort of, um, I'm not a, I, 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 you know, I'm not Ben Wolf. He's this extrovert. He's a personality things that I don't have that, but I am myself and, you know, and I, I enjoy, meeting people and I enjoy sharing and things like that. And so you have to, um, I mentioned earlier glitching and things like that, which are a hindrance for me personally. And can I just say really quick, I'm, I'm rambling right now, but I just want to say how happy I was to meet so many folks, to see so many folks and meet so many folks who came to the table who were on the spectrum there's one woman in particular who came and she was talking and then she said she didn't read a lot. She didn't buy anything, but she didn't read a lot because of her limitations. And I didn't really know what to say, but I knew exactly what she was talking about. And I just, I just sort of said, you know, I, I understand too. It's like, I, this is the, this is the first one of these I've ever done because of my limitations. But, um, I have them and I know that, but I also, I'm because of who I am, I'm a sharer. And so in a comic book convention in this kind of environment, that actually is an advantage <laughs> because you just buy my book, you know, this book is so cool. It's like things right, like that. Right. So, so if I can lean in a little bit to that part of it, right. That kind of gets you over like, Oh my God, you know, like the stage fright and the, you know, why would anybody ever want to talk to me? And, all that other stuff, um, mm -hmm. uh, but there, but there are costs to that, and the cost to that is at about three o'clock in the afternoon. I start to glitch, so yeah. I have to, I have to take a powder um, <laughs> and go, yeah. go reset. But um, I also loved, loved, loved meeting all the LGBTQ people and seeing all the trans people at the show, and uh, fuck you, Republicans in the state of Iowa and all your bullshit. Uh, good luck. Good luck with what you're doing. Um, I love seeing it. Um, and so, um, it was a good, I, I, I had a good time. Very informative experience. Um, looking forward to doing it again. Applying my next show will be a home show at, in Cedar Falls here. Uh, at College Square Mall, uh, July 30th, okay. one day show, one day show. So, and then we'll see after that. And we got, so I got some stuff in Des Moines again later, later in the fall. Yeah. I was going to say a good, probably first step for you is to conquer Iowa shows. Yeah. Because I have limitations, Sugu. One of the limitations I have is, you know, this, I don't drive. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't drive because I'm, I'm autistic. Um, I cannot drive. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's a problem in, uh, getting to the show. So you become immediately dependent upon other people. 
um, it's not something I like to be as dependent on other people. So that's something I have to account for. Mm -hmm. um, so that limits me. Um, but I think I can do and I hope to do. I My goal is to try one of the bigger shows. As my brother told me, you can only know if you can do it if you do it. So at some point here in the yep. next next year or so as we line up uh minneapolis chicago is something that we'll we'll give a, a shot to so that is an amazing final quote you can only know if you can do it if you can do it yeah i think it's really good advice and if you're unsure about something just take the plunge the worst thing that can happen is it can fail but you're going to learn something so yeah That'll do it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Darby Harn, and you can find more information about me and my books at my website, darbyharn.com. I'm also on Twitter at Darby Harn. Sugu, how can they find out more about us in the podcast? You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.